Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 25th, 2019. What's going on? How are you? How you doing? Oh, I got a bunch of shit to do tomorrow, so I'm recording Sunday night. People are asleep. They're starting to go to sleep. My lovely daughter's gone to bed. My lovely wife is upstairs, you know fucking watching the tv or whatever loving life that i'm not there ruining her shows ruining ruining her shows um so anyways let me knock this thing out here all right i got a lot to talk about so i don't want any interruptions you just fucking sit there and listen i'm sick of you goddamn people you understand me anybody under the age of like 33 I've had enough of you. I've had enough of you, 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 you fucking selfies and the camera just being on you and not having the decency to whore yourself out and get into show business like me. And all you fucking youngsters out. Oh, I decide that I'm going to have a TV show. Who the fuck do you think you are? All right, I got in this business. You had to suck a dick to get something. Um, And that's what Me Too is all about. Setting the masses free to create their own mediocre content. You can create mediocre content without sucking a dick, thank you very much. That's what we've learned here, okay? The artistic process can continue. Um... The self-congratulatory fucking thing. All right? This is what I'm hoping for. Okay? After watching that Florida fucking Miami football game, if that's what the fuck you want to call that horseshit defense on both sides of the fucking ball, I had to shut it off. I I shut it off and then I watched. I had to take a break from the game. I'm a stand-up comic, and I was disgusted with the level of defense in that fucking game. The horseshit tackling on not both sides of the ball, both sides of the field, both teams. Jesus Christ, this is what happens when the coach can't slap you anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like this whole fucking... I'm just, I'm just waiting for somebody to rebel against... These self-congratulations that, that uh, just everybody is fucking doing now. Whether you're flipping over a fucking water bottle. I know that's an old reference, but I'm an old guy, so I'm entitled, okay? Flipping a water bottle over, or you just fucking sealed a corner and forced the run back to the inside for a one-yard game. It, this, this celebrating and posing and nodding and fucking, you know... The whole Hulkamania fight. He only did it once a fight. He built you. He earned the fucking moment when he finally ripped his fucking shirt off. I'm just wondering. The same way, like in music, every every couple of years, it's like somebody strips it down and brings it back, man. You know, which is just at that at this point. Even that is just like played out. But like the first time the fucking Ramones, the Ramones and all of them came out 
And they just rebelled against the giant arena rock behemoth that rock had become with all the fucking pyrotechnics and all of that fucking horse shit. Then they fucking stripped it down. Is there going to be a group of young people that just bring back getting a first down, flipping the ball to the ref and going back to the huddle or making a fucking the if you've taped the game, just go back and watch and and remember the numbers of the players. Because you watch them act like they just ended the game and single-handedly won it for their fucking team. And two plays later, <coughs> they're out of position. They're getting run over. Or they get beat. I saw a fucking guy, right? It was like a fade route to the sideline. It's a nice pass. The receiver beat the cornerback. It, cornerback, it just ended up being out of bounds. Slightly out of bounds. And the guy caught the ball. All right? So the corner got lucky. What does he do because it's out of bounds? He starts yelling in that guy's face like he just fucking stuck him or knocked the ball down. It's like, buddy, you just got, you got beat. The fuck are you yapping about, right? Yap, 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 yap. Two fucking plays later, Florida fucking runs the goddamn ball for like 40-yard touchdown, 30-yard touchdown, just runs through the defense. And one of those guys was the guy fucking yapping two plays before. Now, where'd where, where he go? Oh, he just he fucking disappears. Dude, that game was so fucking ugly. It needed Vince Lombardi to come back from the grave to be walking up and down the sideline going, what the hell's going on out there? Grab, grab, grab. Nobody tackling. All right, and it wasn't just the defensive players. Not just coming down on them. It was everybody. Even the fucking field goal kicker. Fucking Miami's down, right? They're going to go for a field goal. I don't even know what the fucking score is. I don't even give a shit. I'm so disgusted with everybody acting every other play like they just ended the fucking game. And then getting smoked two plays fucking later. All right, so the fucking field goal kicker lines up a kick, right? Whatever, he's back there. They're going to kick a field goal, take three points, go John Madden with it, take the points, right? They call the fucking LSU fake, a little flip. And he fucking runs for a first down. And now he's jumping around like he's fucking Bo Jackson. Nodding his head, fucking all of this fucking bullshit. And what does this fucking poor bastard do? They end up getting stopped. The end of that drive, right? They were down like the fucking 19, 20-yard line with that first down. They drive in another whatever, and then they, they, they it's fourth down. Now they got to kick a field goal. It's a fucking chip shot. Looks like an eight-yarder, if that's even possible. Fucking 15-yarder. What is this guy who is just fucking, you know, jumping all around about what the fuck he just did? He fucking missed it. He missed it. See, if I was the coach... Of either one of these fucking teams. This is what I, I would show the fucking play they made with the dancing and singing and all of the fucking horse shit, right? And standing up on the bench and fucking wearing the fat boy's uh, chain, you know? I love when you get the turnover chain when the other team fucks up, too. It's like you didn't even cause the turnover. They just had a bad fucking exchange. And you're fucking standing there like you just won a Grammy for playing football, Right? I would show them celebrating and then the next play where they got smoked and then be like, 
There was, there was fucking two minutes left in the first quarter. You're, you're already at the after party, and we got our asses whipped! And lost the first game of the season. Now, it's, it sounds like I'm just coming down on Miami. I'm not. Okay? Florida was doing the same fucking thing, and then their quarterback... He fucking goes down. They're losing. Okay, they're ranked number eight. Miami's not even ranked. So they ought to be ashamed of themselves that they're in a game this fucking close, if you're going to believe the rankings. But who can in the beginning of the fucking season, right? So they go down the fucking field. Okay, now that they're down, after they let up a 50-yard run, the one that I had to shut the fucking game off of, just running through like fucking, you know, I don't know what it was, like fucking daffodil arms, just right down the fucking field. It was a joke. Melted butter defense. I think that, 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 was, that was what they had in for that fucking play. So now that they have to come back against a team that's not even fucking ranked. So what do they do? They, pull, they call the Verzi call. Verzi loves it. Up top, first down. Keep them honest, right? They go up top. They connect. Great pass, great catch. Gets them down, gets them down into the red zone. Couple plays later, uh, the quarterback calls his own number, fucking runs in, gets a touchdown. And then he jumps up and does the fucking run DMC pose like he just ended the fucking game. All right, I, forget, I can't remember what happened. I was so fucking beside myself watching the game. Somehow Miami turns over the ball on downs. They get sacked. Okay? The young quarterback, who I thought, you know, markedly improved throughout the fucking game for his first game. He was taking a lot of sacks in the first half. And uh, we should have got rid of the ball. And then he wasn't making that same mistake in the second half. You could tell. But on that last play, he's trying to make something happen. He's hanging on the ball. Desperate times. He takes a fucking sack. 450 left. And I see one of those Florida players celebrating after he tackles him. And I'm thinking, you know, this is the first time I can justifiably see celebrating. Because you essentially just ended the fucking game. Um, not really. There's five minutes left. But I, I can see that you're starting to get excited. So he fucking celebrates. All right, Florida gets the fucking ball, takes over on downs. The guy who just did the run DMC pose, what does he do? For some reason, they tell him to go to the air. I don't know why. He goes to the air and immediately throws a fucking pick. (laughs) Puts Miami right back into the game. Right back into the fucking game. And it just blew my mind. I'm not singling anybody out. I'm just the plays that I remember here. I'm sure they're all wonderful with great parents and all. I'm just saying, the amount of fucking celebrating and and just fucking chewing up the scenery that was going on with both of those fucking teams when that game wasn't in the bag with until like probably to my my recorder shut off. I know the final score was like twenty four twenty, wasn't it? I don't know what it was, but Jesus fucking Christ. I know the kids play with passion. I know back in the day, it was more of like a fucking sharecropper fucking league. You know, and there was all these old grumpy white guys telling everybody that they, they, they can't have any fun. And you had to wear a fedora and be a fucking asshole. I know, there has to be a happy medium between that and this fucking ridiculousness. It was like that team sitcom fame met a football game. Players running up to the audience, you know, trying to get them going. Like, it's a college football crowd. They're they're going. (laughs) They've spent dad and mom's money on booze. They're ready to go. They understand it's the big game of the year. I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know. 
I don't know. That's it. We're going to have these new sections on my podcast called Grumpy Old Man. And that was it right there. That was my grumpy old man. I was so excited for the first game of the year. And every time I think it's going to come back a little bit, I think it's going to come back. It just keeps going further into that fucking direction, which is why I think my favorite athlete right now, even though I don't know how to say his first name, is that dude Leonard on Toronto. And I was also a big fan of Marshawn Lynch, where he would just, well, I mean, maybe he said, like, I deserve to celebrate. I just liked his post-game interviews. I'm just about that work, boss. <laughs> Leonard won't even high-five his other teammates before a fucking playoff game. Um, I mean, doesn't that, at this point, doesn't that seem more like Jesus? Like, that's, that's the fucking guy. This guy's going out here with a fucking look on his face like Sonny Liston. Um... Anyway, speaking of Sonny Liston, I just read that book. Somebody uh, from the movie I just did, one of the sound people, um, I never got his fucking name. He bought a great book for my daughter and then bought me that book. So if he's listening, thank you very much. I read the uh, Sonny, uh, The Devil and Sonny Liston. I read and I learned all of this stuff. And most importantly, I learned about, I'm going to post a clip of this guy. I learned about a fighter who um, arguably, arguably should have been champion at one point, or at the very least should have been given a shot at the title. Um, this guy, Cleveland Williams. I'm hoping I'm saying his fucking name right. And this fucking guy, do you remember that, that fucking, the first time you saw Mike Tyson, if you're as old as me? Okay. Um, the first time you saw his speed, where he threw the, the left hook to the body and followed it up with another left to the head. And you just never saw that ever, even remotely in the heavyweight division. And when he did that, it was like, what the fuck? And I didn't think anybody had that sort of speed before that. Now, I'm not saying this guy had Tyson's speed, but for the 1950s, for what the fuck people worked out with, with this guy, I guess, never lifted weights. He just threw bales of hay. For him to have this level of speed and power... Um, uh, Floyd Patterson ducked him and then he wouldn't give him a fight in the 50s and then uh, Sonny Liston came along and then he wouldn't fight Sonny because Sonny had all this underworld you know trash on him you know what I mean so he was I don't know Customato actually speaking of Tyson I guess trained Floyd Patterson so I had no idea about any of this stuff so Cleveland Williams then, instead of fighting Floyd, where it looks like he would have been, because Floyd was only like 190 pounds, 189, 90 pounds. And uh, he was like, I don't know, 215, like sort of the same size. Well, he was, when he fought Liston, he looked like the same size guy, roughly. He looked a little bit smaller. So he ends up having to fight Sonny Liston twice, bloody, uh, gave Sonny Liston a bloody nose, fought him really well, lost both times back-to-back to Sonny Liston. Sonny ends up fighting Floyd Beats him twice. A young Cassius Clay runs into the ring from his fifth row seat, says, you know, Sonny isn't great. I can knock him out in eight or I can beat him in eight. Literally got grabbed and taken out of the ring, but totally stole the spotlight. And he just became the next fucking guy. And then Sonny fights 
you know, Muhammad, Cassius Clay, then Muhammad Ali when he changed his fucking name, boom, boom, boom. And the whole fucking time, Cleveland Williams is just getting older and older and older, never getting a fucking shot. Um, I mean, I guess you could say, no, because he would have fought Floyd before Sonny came along. And I think he would have beaten Floyd. And then when Sonny came along, when he, even if he beat Cleveland, he still, he, I think he would have been the champ then. If you will look at this guy's fucking highlights, he was amazing. So meanwhile, while all of this shit's going on, well, then it be, it's, it's the, the uh, Liston Patterson 1 and 2, and then Liston Clay Ali 1 and 2. Um, Cleveland Williams is just getting older, and at one point during that time, he gets pulled over by a cop in Houston, is charged with resisting arrest, and during that time when he was allegedly resisting arrest, the cop took out a three fifty seven Magnum, shot him in the gut. Okay, one of the worst places to get shot if you're going to live, because you have, you know... According to people in the medical field, they've told me, because of your intestines and that shit leaks out, ridiculous infections and all of this stuff. A lot of troubles with that. So he gets shot and fucking, he loses 10 feet of his intestines, eventually a kidney, and the bullet is lodged in his left or right hip for the rest of his life, affecting his mobility. And he loses 17 months of his fucking career. And this dude goes back to throwing bales of hay to get back in shape. And then he ends up, Finally getting a title shot in 1966. He fought Sonny Liston in the late 50s. Finally, like eight, nine fucking years later, he finally gets a title shot. He fights Muhammad Ali at the height of his powers in 1966 after getting shot, you know, fighting Liston twice and, and being eight, nine years old, older. He loses. He just gets schooled. A lot of people say arguably it was Ali's greatest performance as a fight. As a fighter, and then uh, he fights for like another five years, Cleveland Williams does, until the early 70s, and then gets a job driving like a forklift or something like that. And then in the late 90s, he was crossing the street in Houston and gets hit and killed by uh, uh, a hit-and-run driver. And that was his life. And just reading all of that and looking at the highlights of the guy, because I watched, you know, these fights are on YouTube. Like, I watched Liston... Patterson one and two. Uh, I watched the first Ali uh, Cassius Clay Liston fight, and I watched the first Cleveland Williams versus Sonny Liston fight. You can see all of it. It's fucking amazing. And um, I don't know. Just looking at that guy and how good he was, and it's just like I look at sometimes in this in in my business where these people they're so fucking funny and so talented they just suck at the business. I almost feel like in boxing, there's the same thing where there's just like there's this thing where, I don't know, with that, if you got with the wrong management, nobody protected you and shit. It was so fucking filthy. But this book I read was saying that, was trying to claim that Sonny threw both those fights against Ali um, and that he allegedly had a piece of Cassius Clay before he became Ali. And it didn't really mean shit because people weren't making that much money and then Ali was starting to become a superstar converts to Muslim uh to being a Muslim and then doesn't go into the war refuses to serve in Vietnam they strip him of his title nobody gives a shit nobody gives a shit and then all of a sudden he comes back he gets reinstated and like when Liston fought he you know he'd make like a hundred grand for a title fight or less and then all of a sudden Ali comes back like six seven years later and he was going to make five million bucks and Liston had a piece of that. So people try to claim that that's... Because there's always like... 
did Sonny overdose or was he killed? And that one of the theories in the books presents that. It's a really fucking cr- good book is what I'm trying to say. Um, but check out this guy, Cleveland Williams. Look at, uh, watch, um, Liston, uh, Cleveland Williams, the first fight. Watch the second one, which I haven't watched yet, and I'll, I'll post his highlight reel. Um, pretty amazing. But I'm just looking at that guy's fucking life. It's just like that fucking guy, he actually forgave the cop, and the cop said no hard feelings. And he came to the title fight. The guy was shot him and shit. Like, he just was a good guy. Just makes no sense why bad things happen to good people like that. Um, it's brought up some other shit, you know? All these fucking friends that I've lost who were fucking good people. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's why I don't go to church, everybody. Um, oh, this fucking, there's this podcast. It's all over the map. It's all over the map. What the fuck am I even talking about? Um... I, I meant to set my alarm so I could watch that fucking MotoGP race that was on at the British Grand Prix at like 3.30 in the morning. But I got a kid, so that didn't happen. Um, I don't know who won, but I heard Davizioso crashed in turn one, which really is upsetting because there's nothing better when he's in the race going up against Mark Marquez. So uh, because I missed the race and I was jonesing to watch a MotoGP race, I went back and watched one of the ones that I missed earlier this year. And I, I got to tell you guys, you got to sign up MotoGP website sign up and they got all the races and just watch them watch the italian one that danilo uh danello however you say his name petrucci the other uh um what's his face andre davizioso's um teammate for ducati he wins his first fucking race it's just the sickest thing there's nothing better that it's almost like in formula one when uh lewis hamilton isn't in first place it's like the greatest fucking race ever because he has the skill, the money, and the fucking car to actually work his way through the field. So you'll see some decent passing and racing or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, if Mark Marquez falls behind a little bit in the beginning, it's fucking unbelievable. Because he will literally ride through a guy in front of him. He's kind of a cunt, but not really. Because um, he's got the boyish good looks, so I think he gets away with it. But I, I saw him last year, like, fucking just basically run over valentino rossi or was it earlier this year i can't even remember because i've been jumping around with races but watch that one from italy it's fucking incredible um i watched a ton of shit this weekend because i had a uh a varicose vein removed in my left leg i had this gnarly one it was starting to bother me and i'm flying all the time it was just freaking me out so i had the fucking thing removed so i've been laid up for the last couple of days i watched this amazing documentary um, on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that Dave Kushner, who uh, does all the music for Ephesus for Family, recommended. And it was fucking amazing. Check that out if you get a chance. And then I watched some of the new Beverly Hills 90210 with, with uh, my lovely wife. And I really enjoyed that. The way that they're doing it is really clever. The way they, they set the whole thing up. I don't want to ruin it for you. So I was like, oh, that's how they're doing this series? That's such a fucking cool way. Whoever came up with the idea, it's really cool. Um, watched a little bit of that. I watched this thing on Buster Keaton um, on Turner Movie Classics. And then I watched, they were having this whole uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Roger thing. And I started to watch The Gay Divorcee. <laughs> I had to record it. I'm like, that's the funniest title for a fucking movie ever. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's basically what I did, uh, I did this weekend. 
Oh, and I also learned how to say the uh, whatever the, the the team owner or leader, the manager of of Ducati. Uh, it's Giovanni Giovanni Davino. <laughs> I was trying to. I wasn't trying to find his name. I was trying to find the name of the other guy with the white hair, the short white hair. When they fucking win a race, nobody goes nuts like that guy. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. I love seeing him going crazy. Um, all right, let's let's read a little bit of uh, advertising here, shall we? Um, all right, I just did twenty minutes of a podcast. Should I start celebrating like the other forty minutes are going to be funny? All right, feels, man. Uh, do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. Try feels, man. What is feels? Oh, I also watched a whole documentary on Netflix about uh, about uh, Woodstock, the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. It's fucking amazing. I never saw it from that angle where they were just talking about running out of food and how everybody just chilled. I think it was because they took currency out of the whole thing. They were like, everything's free. They fed people for free. They helped people with their bad trips, man, for free. The fucking National Guard showed up with some doctors. It was all free. Everybody got off the fucking hamster wheel and chilled. Uh, what is Feels? Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. What does Feels do, man? Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Please talk about the condition you have and how taking Feels has helped. Well, I got a fucking leg that... I just had a varicose vein taken out. My leg looks like I fucking fell off a motorcycle. I could use some feels, man. Why don't you guys send me some? Send me a free thing and I'll fucking slather up my leg with it. And get high and watch some more fucking 90210. Probably doesn't get you high. I probably wasn't supposed to say that. Um, It's easy to take. Place a few drops of feels, man, under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes, man. All of a sudden you want to vote for Bernie Sanders, man. Um... Talk about how easy it was to use feels. Well, I knew where my mouth and tongue were. And I hadn't done any tongue pull-ups lately, so I was nervous that I couldn't lift it up long enough to place a few drops underneath it. But fortunately, I got them in there, and, and, you know, swallowing is an involuntary reflex. So I got it back there, and, you know, nature took over. Man. All right, real human support. New to CBD, man. Feels offers a free CBD hotline, man, and text message support to to help guide you through your groovy personal experience, man. Feel better naturally, man. Feels works naturally (laughs) to help you feel better, man. I know this is getting annoying, but it's a lot of copy. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. Bummer, man. Membership. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel any time. Oh, so this has no THC in it. It just has the fucking CBD. Oh, I'm, I don't know what this shit. I'm a, I'm a boozer. Uh, Feels has people feeling their best every day, and it can help you too. That's great, man. That's it's great, man. It's better than taking those fucking oxy, right? Become a member today by going to feels.com slash burr, F-E-A-L-S, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 
That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com uh, slash Burr to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels dot com slash Burr, man. You know what that reminds me of? Remember a long time ago when I got that, that music collection that they put together from the 60s? They had those two guys dressed like hippies. You know, like, hey, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, we'll turn it up, man. All right, butcher box. After you take your feels and you're feeling better, then you get hungry. You get the fucking munchies, right? That's when you go to butcher box. It makes it easy to get high quality, humanely raised meat that you can trust. Every month, butcher box delivers 100% grass fed and grass finished beef, free range organic chicken, my favorite right here, heritage breed pork and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. You don't know what that fish is going to do. And shipping is free. Choose from four curated boxes or customize your own box so you can get exactly what you and your family love. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual size meal or one for Sergeant Slaughter. Meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum sealed packs. All meat is delivered right to your doorstep and with free shipping. My favorite cut is the Heritage Breed Pork. It's the best pork chop I've ever made. It was absolutely delicious. My mouth waters every time I read this this copy here. New subscribers will receive ground beef for life. That's right, America. Sign up today and Butcher Box will send you two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef free in every box for the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box. How do you get it? Go to butcherbox.com slash burr or enter the promo code burr at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash burr, B-U-R-R, all capitals, B-U-R-R, or enter the promo code burr at checkout. Lastly, but not leastly, oh, stamps.com. You know, no one really has the time to go to the post office. You're busy. doesn't make sense with all this technology. We're supposed to get less busy, right? Remember the Jetsons? These three-day work weeks of murder. You had the flying car and all that shit. People don't even have time to go to the post office anymore. So what do you do? Stamps.com. It brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices an online seller shipping out products or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with these. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7, any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in the mailbox. It's just just that simple. All right? With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off everyday first-class off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost for all of all of those expensive postage meters. Sorry, everybody. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, my slash our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Burr. That's Stamps.com, enter Burr, B-U-R-R. All right, and with that, with that, I kind of have an exciting podcast here because I have the usual questions, which I'll get into now. 
now. I usually do it around the 40-minute mark. <clears throat> I try to, anyways. But um, uh, I had a bunch of teachers write in. Remember when there was that whole thing, uh, the teachers were, were having their fucking little order me some supplies you know, whatever the fuck that little drive was. And I've just gotten burned so many times with these charity things. And you find out that some assholes keeping 90% of the money. Then I wanted teachers to write me directly. And then I opened my big mouth, said I'd buy everything on their fucking list and deliver it to them personally. Well, guess what? Some goddamn teachers wrote in. And now I'm going to have to put my money in my fucking car where my mouth is. So that's going to be the end of this podcast. But this is a very exciting thing, too. It says advice jingle. Hey, Bill, I made this jingle for your advice section of the podcast. It's a gesture of appreciation, so I don't expect anything in return. If you want to use it, I'd be honored, but no worries if you don't. If you want to use it, let me know if you need a different format like WAV, W-A-V, WAVE, as opposed to an MP3. I don't know what any of those things are. Huge fan, love everything you do, and all that other shit. You hate hearing. All right. Well, let's let's listen to the jingle. I think this is a keeper. Listen. It's time for advice with your host, Billy Burr. And I'm ripping off this melody from somebody else. I mean, I think that works. I kind of fucking love that. It's time for advice with your host, Billy Burr. And I'm ripping off this melody from somebody else. It's got a nice little ring to it. I'm going to start playing it, all right? And when you hear that I can't fucking sing, you're going to know that you shouldn't listen to my advice. All right, prison guard survey follow-up. Yo, Billy Gazette. Oh, there's going to be more shit about this fucking guy everybody's saying didn't kill himself. Um, My uncle is the head of a prison. It was his birthday, his weekend, uh, this weekend, so he went over to his house for a barbecue. I was hoping it wouldn't, you know, I was just picturing two prisoners escaping, you know, when they they get to the nearest farmhouse or whatever, there's always clothes on the line and they start stealing the clothes and they look over and it's that guy's house. He's in the middle of a barbecue with all his prison guard friends. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, I was hoping it wouldn't just be a family party. This is the barbecue because I wanted to ask him prison guard and prison related friends what they thought of the Epstein thing. I asked them all what they thought and if any of them knew anything about that prison. The results were astounding. That is, if you're a sucker. Okay, I don't know what this is. Is this shitting on me or shitting on... I don't know who. Um, all right, let's see what we got here. This is, this is already... I'm, I'm getting interested here. Uh, I asked seven men who had all worked their whole adult lives in the prison system what they thought. When I asked, do you think... Jesus Christ, people, can you proofread these things? Do you think was murdered or had help killing himself? Do you think he was murdered or he had help killing himself? Two of them said no response and two gave a confident yes. The rest just made it sound like there could have been some fuckery. But they were basically saying it would have been hard for him to do it himself. None of them said no. None of them said, yeah, it's possible. One guy said and I quote, I bet my dog on it. Dude, you're being very, that, that, he, that he had help or was murdered. The same guy brought his dog and never stopped talking about his dog the whole time. Another guy who said no response. That's some hard fact reporting, Bill. 
I hope you're grateful. Thanks. Go fuck yourself. Dude, I just hate that you're as dumb as me and you left out so much and it was... Yeah, so I want to hear more people. Talk to prison guards. What do you think? And, and proofread your fucking emails because that should have been like some sort of like, you know, smoking gun there. And it looked like a fucking book report I read in fourth grade or wrote in fourth grade, I should say. All right, girlfriend's crooked tooth. All right. Oh, my God. I, listen, okay, this one, this is an advice one. Huh? So you know what that means? Uh, come on, play it. It's time for it never gets old. That's me. From somebody else. Go fuck yourself. All right. I love it. Yeah, I like this little showbiz. Feeling like I'm doing an actual show here. Girlfriend's crooked tooth. All right. Here's one for you. Would you rather have your girlfriend have a crooked tooth or crooked titties? Everyone's going to see the crooked tooth, but hopefully only you know about her titties. That's a tough one. Ladies, what would you like? A guy <laughs> with a crooked tooth or a boyfriend with a crooked tooth or a crooked cock? You know, is there Invisalign for your dick? That's, a, <laughs> that's what they should do. You know, I don't mean one that just sort of hangs to one side or the other. You know what I mean? Like a fucking dog trying to get some sun on a porch. I'm not talking about that. Your ball bag being the porch, of course. I'm talking about like one that looks like it's peeking around the corner like it owes somebody money. I mean, there's got to be Invisalign for your dick. Um, Anyways, I'm a 23-year-old dude which just started listening to your podcast. Um, I've been with my 21-year-old girlfriend for almost three years, and we love each other very much. Well, I would think so. My lady is sweet. It sounds like a song. My lady is sweet, uh, smart, creative, pretty, and has a banging-ass body. I just have one problem with her appearance. Her front tooth is a little fucked up. Oh, what are you talking about? She got a banging body with a crooked tooth? That's fucking... I think that's hot. She know how to play pool? I'd fucking marry her. Um, it's a bit crooked, overlaps her other front tooth is slightly bigger and seems to have more plaque than the other teeth. All right, draw the line at plaque. Jesus Christ, go get her a water pick. Um, she wasn't born with it, has casually men- mentioned having the legit surgery to fix it, but has never said she plans to. I know I'm being a dick about waiting, wanting it to be fit. You're not. You're not being a dick. You're not. Okay, and you're going to help her out in life. She shouldn't have a big fucking refrigerator door next to a couple of smaller chiclets with plaque on it. That's going to affect you. Nobody fucking wants to see what you ate for the last three years. When you smile. And with Invisalign now, you got all these other people. That's the PED of bad genetics. Right? All these people walking around like they got fucking little piano fucking straight teeth there and they don't. I actually used them too. My teeth are pretty straight, but I had some down the bottom. Um, so I'm full of shit too. Although my teeth did come in pretty straight. I never had braces. I never went down. I never went down. Um, anyways, he says, uh, it's annoying to hear her talk about how she has really good teeth in complete seriousness. Wait a second. I thought she said she was going to get fixed. About wanting it. Her to, I know I'm being a dick about her wanting. Wait. She mentioned having legit surgery to fix it, but has never said she plans to. Anyways, um, 
It's also annoying to hear her talk about how she has really good teeth and complete seriousness while I just stare at the tooth. <clears throat> how should I approach wanting her to have the surgery? Tell her I think she should have it, wait it out, and tell her when we're more financially stable, or just don't say anything to her about it. What's your advice? Um, oh, that's when I should have played it. Um, what did you say? You it's time for what is your advice? Your host, Billy Burke. That's me. From somebody else, go fuck yourself. I love that. I got to get a little soundboard. You know what? I, I always remember Opie and Anthony had that. I always I should get one of those fucking things. Oh shit! What is this? Wow, that's Jeff Beck. That's the Jeff Beck group. Huh? That's Cozy Powell on the fucking drums. What the fuck's going on? I can't shut it off. Where is everything? There we go. The space bar. When in doubt, you hit the space bar. All right. Um, Max Middleton. Who else was in that group? Bobby, uh, not Tucker, but I always forget his fucking name. And then you had that Clive Shaman, is that what it was, on bass? Anyways, because of that band, I ended up finding this other band called Hummingbird that had Bernard Purdy on it. They had like three albums. Two of them, they had Bernard Purdy. Those are the good ones. Those are the ones you want. Um, But trying to find them is difficult. All right, anyways, what should this guy fucking do? Um... Thank you for loving the art of comedy and being great at it. Oh, thank you. Go fuck yourself and thanks again. All right. What would I do? Um, Listen, if she just had a fucking crooked tooth, that's one thing. Okay? But she got fucking plaque on it and shit. Yeah, you got to get that fixed. You're helping her out. You know? And the way you're describing it, it just, it seems like, you know, those fucking... You know where you, you, you go into like a Seven Eleven. You know, and you, you got those sliding doors to open it up to get some ice cream or something like that? It seems like the tooth has kind of done that. Um, like bowling pins? Is that what it looks like? Where you just got the number one pin sticking out there? Um, ugh, how would you do it? The next time Invisalign comes on, I would just say about yourself. This is what you the, the way to beat a female at this fucking game is you have to go female on them. Which a guy, you're like, how do I say it? What do I do? Because guys just say it. Hey, sweetheart, I love you, but your your fucking refrigerator door with the fucking. It looks like a Great Dane that rolled around in mud slammed into it. Yeah, we got to get that fixed because it's really, uh, I don't know, it's bugging me. <clears throat> Everything else about you is great, but that right down Main Street, I can't stop looking at it. Okay? You need, you need to go female. A woman would never do that. Okay, if she knew you, it was going to be a sensitive thing. Until you get her a ring, then she'll just fucking, the gloves are off at that point. But, uh... What you need to do is you need to finesse your way into this. So what you got to do is you got to make it about yourself. So the next time Invisalign comes on, you got to be like, hey, 
you know what? I'm I'm kind of, I'm thinking about doing that. I want to do that. I want to have like perfectly fucking straight teeth. Yeah, you want to do it? Let's do it together. Let's you know maybe you can do that. It's like when you're dating somebody and they're putting on weights. Hey, we should start taking walks. I would do that. Um, I don't know what to do here because I don't say or get her a water pick. But you got to do one or the other. You can't bring up Invisalign and then show up with a water pick because she's going to figure it out. Or maybe you do both. And then finally she just says, are you bothered by this thing? And you just hang your head and be like, oh, God, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. But, like, I just think you're so beautiful. And, you know, as we get older, it's important to take care of ourselves. And I just, you know, I just noticed that, you know, it's getting browner. <laughs> you can't say that. I don't know. How do you do? I got to get Nia in here for this. I don't know how to tell her to her. I would try the Invisalign trip. Or you could just go straight up on it. She goes, I have great teeth. Be like, you know what? No, you have a great body. You have a great everything else. But your fucking teeth are, are, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like when a team is one player away. You know? Yeah. There's just one piece of the puzzle missing. Yeah. Like, for you to be the Golden State Warriors, you need to fix your fucking teeth. Um... Or you just wait for her to bite into an apple, and when you see the bite marks, you just point at it. What is that? Is there a badger in the house? Um, I hope that helped out. All right. I like OJ on Twitter, the next one says. Hey, Bill, I'm going to be straight with you. I like listening to OJ talk. I know he probably committed an unforgivable, an unforgivably horrible, horrible act, but I really like his demeanor on Twitter. Besides... If you can still clap for a president who has ordered th- thousands of deaths, any of the last six, and certainly more than half of all the presidents, thousands of deaths, dude, easy, buddy. Let's let's go. You're hundreds of thousands. Um, well, I guess if you're going to include all six, most slick Willie wasn't involved in a war, but he definitely bombed a country to get a blowjob charge off. You know, change the focus. Of the news, anyways, it seemed. Um, anyways, then can I at least clap? Can I at least follow him on Twitter? I'm, it's, I'm not even clapping. I'm just watching. Every time he says, hello, Twitter world, I get a warm feeling. I don't feel bad, and I want to know if you think I should. Thanks, and go fuck yourself. Um, no, I mean, I don't think you're condoning what the fucking guy did. I don't know. You know, I don't give a shit. It's your fucking world, man. Go on the internet and do whatever the fuck you want. You follow the guy. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I mean, I watched the first 48. That show is for entertainment, and that's people, like, dealing with the fact that a loved one was murdered. We know people still watch that. People don't, well, I'm trying to watch to see the person get caught. Shut the fuck up. It's not the only reason why you're watching. So, yeah, continue to follow the guy. Um, who's the first podcast that's going to get him as a guest? All right, fatherly advice for a lady. All right, what do you want? You want fatherly advice for 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 a lady, right? Okay, well. It's time for advice. Yeah. One more time. Well, fuck yourself. All right. Um. All right. Oh, my God. I know. I got to get more sound effects. I'm starting to like these sound effects. 
becoming a prop act here. Uh, all right. Looking for some advice regarding my estranged father. All right. The last time I saw or heard from him was nearly 30 years ago when my parents divorced. Oh, my God. First of all, I'm so sorry he did that to you. How do you walk away from a kid like that? Oh, he was a scary, abusive alcoholic with poor boundaries and very manipulative. Well, maybe it's good that he did take off. In spite of the odds, my oldest sister and I have grown up to be strong, successful, and loving people. Yeah, that would be your mom. Uh, we are both in our mid-30s. Well, good for you guys. Uh, we recently found out through a cousin that my father is interested in seeing us before he dies. He's not sick, but he's nearly 70 and just wants to make sure we are okay. <laughs> At 35, are you okay? You need Invisalign? Um, he also mentioned an inheritance, which may or not be true. He's known... He's known. He's a known pathological liar. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think your inheritance is an Anheuser Bush at this point. Uh, Google Street View of his home shows two shiny red Camaros in the driveway. Wow. Presumably one for me and one for my sister. Ooh, I don't know about that. My sister and uh, maybe it is. I don't know. When was the picture taken? Maybe he's dealing drugs and he didn't pay two guys who drive red Camaro. You don't know what you don't know what you're walking into. Look at you acting like you're in the CIA. Uh, my sister has a family and is understandably protective of them and has little interest in having contact with them. But I am a single woman with no children and a string of failed relationships, partially due to the fact that I've chose partners that are not the best for me, like my father, and I've had a hard time receiving love and being and believing a man will stick around. When the going gets tough. Oh, man. That's the fucking worst thing ever to do to a daughter. Ugh. My question is, should I agree to meet with my father after all these years? I'm hoping that rewriting my relationship with him will turn, will in turn help me choose better partners in the future. To be clear, my motivation is not about inheritance or, or car, but a chance at healing that part of myself. There is an equal chance that it could be a disaster and I'm still afraid of him and worry I am setting myself up for future pain. Yeah, that would definitely be an issue. Is he reaching out all of a sudden because it's the end of his life and he's run out of money and he needs something from you? Also, choosing to meet with him may upset my sister, who I have a good relationship with, and I don't want him to come between us. Thanks for the advice and go fuck yourself. Um, well, this is something you need to do then your sister should understand that. And if you're afraid of this guy, I would meet him in a public place with somebody else. I mean, that gets, when you say you're afraid of this guy, I don't know. Does this guy got a gun? If he's, if he's a gun guy, I wouldn't meet this guy at all. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I would ask somebody uh, in law enforcement the proper way to go about meeting this guy if you're going to meet him. And then I would also go out and I'd get a therapist because... Sitting down at a Starbucks with your estranged father, you know, to try and fix 30 years of your life, it's not going to happen, you know. It's going to take a lot more than that. And uh, I don't know. If I can just put my opinion in here, the fact that he's an addict, a lot of addicts are horrifically selfish fucking people. And he might be doing this more for him than for you because it's the end of his life and he feels guilty. And now he wants to show up and buy you a couple of shiny fucking things so he can feel good when he dies. Um, it could be that. 
So I think, um, yeah, I think you're going you're gonna to have to, like, as far as, like, fixing this shit, you're going to have to go to therapy is what that is. But the great thing is, is that you're a woman and there's no shame in crying, which is really a healing thing to do, um, which took me forever to learn. So you're going to have to go down that road, I believe. Um, but as far as Mike meeting this guy, I would definitely, I would try to check with somebody who's in law enforcement. If you know a buddy who's a cop or something like that and ask them, you know, if, in fact, if you got a friend that's a cop, I would check this fucking guy out and see what the hell he's been up to arrest record and all of this shit. Um, you know, I don't know. Cause I don't want to tell you to go meet this guy and have, God forbid, have something fucking happen. So, uh, that is my advice. Go to therapy and talk to a cop before you meet this fucking lunatic. All right? That's it. Good luck to you, and I hope you meet a, uh, the guy you're supposed to be with. All right. Overrated slash underrated. Underrated. Jury duty. I had jury duty today. I really enjoyed it. It's interesting to me. I love fucking jury duty. I love jury duty. I haven't said that. I haven't been to it in forever. I know I'm overdue. I went to it last night. Jeez, I shouldn't say this on the podcast. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you know, you just don't want to get stuck in a fucking OJ trial where it's going to be like a fucking a year of your goddamn life. You know what I mean? And in the end, you just let the guy go anyways. Um, underrated. Uh, I wanted to say that learning to break down a whole chicken is a massively underrated skill. Yes, it is. It's not very hard to learn. No, it isn't. There's YouTube videos on it. Buying a whole bird is usually cheaper per pound than the individual parts, and it really comes in handy every every Thanksgiving. The biggest fucking thing you have to have is you have to have a sharp fucking knife because when you cut off the breast breastuses on top, when you go to make your slices, when you slice through the breast meat, you want to make sure that, first of all, they're thick so they don't cool off by the time you bring it to the table, and then also you want that little piece of skin on top. And then you fucking, the way you plate it is you have your, your fucking two rows of breast meat, okay, laying there like a fucking deck of cards at the beginning of fucking Texas Hold'em. And then I put my dark meat on the outside. I go thigh, a thigh, a drumstick, a drumstick, and then I stick the wings on the other side. No, I think I put the, the, the thighs in, in the middle of the plate on either side. It's always a showstopper. Um, okay. I agree with every part of that. Um, he said, I learned by watching Jacques Pepin make a chicken galantine on YouTube and then trying to copy what he did. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend you sharpen your knives and give it a shot if you haven't already. I already did. It's one of my favorite things to fucking do. You know, what's a hard thing, you know, is you think where to cut the leg from the thigh. You think it's way further down. It's actually closer than you'd think, um, to the, to the the knee bone there and then i have to rewatch it because i have a problem with like when i get the wings off i tend to just cut the wing in half um and miss the rest of that shit but i got it pretty much down i love it all right okay here we go now we're into the teacher uh the teacher portion of this and this this is the part of the podcast that's going to cost me time and money but i'm going to make this happen all right, from a public high school... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where the fuck am I? Teacher in LA, in LA and son of a banker. You fucking son of a banker. All right, hey, Billy Beantown Bunker. 
Buckner, Billy Beantown Buckner. I'm a history teacher in L.A. and a big fan of your stand-up and the podcast. You mentioned your desire to donate supplies to underrated, underfunded teachers directly who actually need the help instead of one of these, quote, edu- education funds. I'm lucky enough to teach at a school where the basic su- supplies are easily met, but my professor from the teaching education program I attended works directly with the most underprivileged communities in Los Angeles. These are the schools and communities that never make the news, and the smallest donation goes farther there than anywhere else. All right, this, these are the people I want to help. All right, I would be more than happy to put you in touch. This man's passion is completely unmatched when it comes for helping understanding these schools and communities. For what you described wanting to achieve on your podcast, uh, and this man can make it happen and quickly, especially as schools start back this week. Nice. All right. Okay, I guess uh, I got the email and everything. Finally, I've introduced my dad, a retired 57-year-old trader at Wachovia slash Wells Fargo to your podcast, and he loves it. He actually agrees with many of your complaints about the banks and the 2008-2009 crash. If you had interest in talking with and interrogating a banker, he has plenty of time on his hands to answer any questions. Finally, your relationship slash dating advice for Young men is very practical and helpful. After recently having a friends with benefits situation end exactly how you predicted in many advice segments, I had to restrain myself from laughing during the middle of her meltdown. I stayed calm while she kept trying to escalate, and I wouldn't bite. I would have taken the bait without your help, so thank you. All the best, and if any of these contacts would be helpful, please reach out. You're the man, and go fuck yourself. Oh, no, I absolutely would do this. This is the way to help people. Get directly in contact. All right. From a public high school in L.A. Uh, Yo, Billy, thanks for putting the call out for teachers and for the willingness to help out those that do public service in the classroom. I've taught in South Central L.A. for over 12 years now and have had a fair share of co-worker benefits from the funded teacher websites that have gotten some attention lately. While I don't have any sort of wish list, Jesus Christ, people, I'm trying to be Santa Claus here. Nobody's telling me what they want um, of materials that I need funding help with. My point of writing was just to highlight what some of your other listeners might not realize when it comes to public education, particularly in the inner city. I have personally moved classrooms for the past six years in a row and had to substitute for myself for almost three damn years during the financial what wait. I've personally moved classrooms. For the past six years in a row, what does that mean? Move them. And had to substitute, that's in quote, for myself for almost three damn years during the financial woes of around 2009 that stripped hard-earned teachers' credentials from over 5,000 teachers in L.A. My point is not to bitch about the situation, but these are the realities that many of my colleagues have gone through. And when we're faced with teaching six classes of about 39 students per class, oh, that's what you're saying. It's easy to become cynical and treat the profession as just a job. Dude, if you're going to invest in anything, they're with your kids six hours a day, you know, and it's a free education. Like, this is something that I could really get behind as far as everybody's trying to start something that we help out these things before every poor bastard has to send their kid to private school. And it's like your kid goes to college from age three until 22. Anyways, anytime I have a conversation with anyone 
even thinking about becoming a teacher, my advice is don't do it. It takes a lot out of you emotionally, psychologically, financially, and staying single as far as relationships and determined to become a more effective educator have been my drives, especially since I started coaching kids to run the LA Marathon about eight years ago. In my experience, very few teachers have created the necessary resilience and testicular fortitude to stomach the politics of the job while truly finding joy in building positive relationships with young adults that we teach in rough areas of the city, while most other teachers just seem to treat kids like cogs in a wheel. Um, But that may be the result of those teachers having been treated negatively because of the politics of the profession. Anyway, I don't want to discourage anyone from helping out any teachers personally or through websites, but for anyone that is going to do that, please do society a solid and do a little bit of homework, pun intended, and realize that this is putting a Band-Aid on a systematic form of cancer. And at least as far as Los Angeles's unified school district, as long as we have a board of education that elects an investment banker to be superintendent, yes, the current superintendent is an investment banker with zero education experience. Well, how the fuck did that happen? Problems such as lack of funding, overcrowding in a classroom, and 750 students to one counselor will persist. To survive, we need laughs, so keep telling jokes and doing what you do. Pro-education, yet anti-schooling. Well, wait a minute. Well, what the fuck can I do to help out? I don't know what to do here. All right, with that first person. Gave me an email to do something. Oh, whatever. I'll just try to get involved, and then I'll figure it out from then, and then I'll pass the information on to you guys, and hopefully you guys will do the same. How about that? All right. Los Angeles teacher, Billy Lovedoer. I'm an aspiring screenwriter slash actor, and I currently teach math and history. I'm not going to say where. We teach 6th to 12th grade in a building. I'm not going to say where. Students don't write anymore because they're so used to typing and texting, so they never have paper and pencil. And since... I think writing is vital. I make them do it every chance I get, but they always look at me in shock when I tell them to get out some paper and a pencil. So a tall stack of paper and a deep bin of pencils would go a long way. All right, where should I send it? Also, maybe you could come wearing a Do What You Love (laughs) t-shirt. I hope you're making fun of that. Do What You Love Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I joked about that on the podcast. I got into medical school five years ago after I finished college, but I read Hemingway and realized that my dream was to become a writer, so here I am. It's been four years in L.A. I've written four screenplays, had a handful of agents, managers, and all the rest of ups and downs that come with the pursuit, but still I believe work and fight. Uh, And it's hard, but deep down I try to remember it's worth it. Oh, yeah, well, the fact that you've had any sort of bites at this point, that's all good. It's like Columbus sailing over. He saw tree branches before he saw land. And just don't do what he did when he got to the land, according to some people. All right, the point I'm making is that the one thing I try to teach my students, if nothing else, is that the world doesn't give you a damn thing either way. But if you find something you love that you can do every day, Work hard and forget all the rest. In the end, you'll be happy. Isn't that the truth? But it's hard to me inspire them considering my current progress. But if you come in and preach the same, I think it'd be a beautiful thing. All right, so you want you want paper, pencils, and preaching? Are they, these 6th to 12th grade, are they even going to know who the hell I am? This old bald guy coming in with paper and pencils? Why don't I just come in with a butter churner? Oh, I'm going to teach you how to be happy. 
I'll definitely give you the paper and the pencils. Um, you know, and if you set up some way where I can talk to them, yeah, fucking, why not? Why wouldn't I do that? I'm living a great life here. Jesus Christ, there's a zillion of these fucking emails. Teacher in need of help. My name is Catherine. Oh, I can't say your whole name. I'm in a teacher in blah, blah, blah. In era, blah, blah, blah. My husband is in blah, 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 blah. It's complicated. Currently, I use a free math curriculum that has very few activities and not many rigorous problems. I found a very useful resource online that made made by teachers for teachers. Unfortunately, their work isn't free. This is the link. If you could help, it would be fantastic. Well, what is this? Let me click on the link. Go to the page. Go to the page. Okay, eighth grade math curriculum activity bundles. Okay, what am I buying here? It says it's a $400 bundle. Subject math, grade levels eight. I don't know what this is. Hang on a second. Did I skip something? Husband, blah, 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 is a huge fan. Let's see, because one time he was telling me about what was going on about you being unable to help teachers. My owners told me to contact you in hopes that you might be able to help out directly. Currently, I use a free math curriculum that has very few activities and not many rigorous problems. I found very useful resources online that was made by teachers for teachers. Unfortunately, their work isn't free. Oh, so how do I do? Well, so I buy this and how do I gift it to you? I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll figure this out. All right. How many more are these? There's three more. Can you guys hang in there with this? I hope this inspires you guys to somehow try and help because I really think that's a, a fucking thing you can actually just do directly. It's a stupid election coming up and everybody, you got to get this guy, you got to get that guy. There's shit that you can do but that's very powerful on your own. Um, you know, it makes you feel good. You know, then you have good karma. The next time you bet a three-team tease, maybe it comes in. Football season is upon us. <coughs> All right. Goochland teacher. Big butthole bill. Oh, come on now. It's average size. It's big enough to do the fucking job, for Christ's sake. All right. I'm a teacher in blah, 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 blah. Saw you in blah last summer, and I've been listening to you around me. Uh, you're like an angry New England uncle who I weirdly vibe with. Anyways, I teach high school math. One high school, and my... Um, my ears perked up when you made a shout-out to L.A. teachers last Monday. I may be on the other side of the country, but my, but my country has a hilarious name, so I figured I'd lump myself into your shout-out. I'm implementing a new phone policy in my classroom where I don't want the kids on their phones at all because they should be freaking kids who talk to each other and mess around. And because of all the data... Um, and also because of all the data on anxiety slash depression slash phones... To go with this new policy, I want to stock up my room with activities for when they are done with their work. Connect Four, Checkers, Yahtzee, Uno, uh, Origami Books, etc. So here's an open invite to help me fund. I'll go buy those fucking games for you. Yeah, all right. Well, how the fuck do I send it? Wait. Okay, I have everybody's email here. Okay, cool. All right, I'll figure this out. Everybody like has these fucking computer things. I'm just like, give me a fucking address. 
I'll buy the shit. I'll put it in a fucking box, and I will. I will write. Just do it the way I know how to do it. All right. Hey, Bill, I heard you just talking about helping teachers. The podcast this week. I'm a K four special education teacher at a little Title One school in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I know I don't live in L.A., but I would. Oh, I just said the name of the place. Be grateful for any donations to. Well, it's not like they're asking for bad shit here. Towards my Amazon wish list. My classroom is an old. Blah, 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 blah. My students light up whenever they walk in my room and see something new for them to use. It would mean that we're, oh, come on. Of course I got to do that. I'm going to go fucking broke on this thing here. Uh, Bill, I listen to your podcast all the time, fan. I'm an old friend of your wife from when she lived in New York City. I now live in blah, blah, blah and work in blah, blah, blah. I don't normally do things like that. It feels weird, but you're in podcasts like we she said, if you get help any teachers. So that's why I'm writing. I figured I have nothing to lose. Someone wrote to you mentioning the clear the list. So I looked it up and basically it's teachers creating Amazon wish list for, for items they want and need for the classroom. That's why I'm writing. So there's a way to directly donate to teachers. Here's a link I created of stuff for my classroom. It's totally legit because this person says so. I feel like these first ones are going to be legit, and then I'm going to start doing this, and people are like, hey, man, this is a scam. You're writing to this fucking jerk off in the podcast, this bleeding heart liberal, and they just send you the stuff. Uh, here's what I need for my uh, classroom. A fucking bass boat, uh, uh, a fucking assault rifle, and some new camouflage pants. <laughs> I, teach a, I teach a hunting class. Uh, it's totally legit. Okay. All right. You know something? I'm going to do this. This makes me feel good. All right. I'm going to get some paper, some pencils. I'm going to talk to some kids. I'm going to buy a math bundle. I'm going to fucking be Santa Claus here. I'm going to handle all of this shit right here. And then that's going to be my good American deed for the rest of my life. I'm never helping anybody else after this. No. Maybe I'll start something. You know, next time there's like a fucking hurricane. They got to donate to the Red Cross. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'll fucking, uh, I'll have somebody. Well, but then it's, how do I know you're in the fucking hurricane? See, then, then, I, then I hope myself. There's always a fucking scam. There's always a scam. That's why I like me taking it to you. Because if I do that, then, then there you are. I mean, what are you, you going to even if you rent it out to school, that's going to cost you more money than the bullshit I'm bringing you, right? So it has to be legit. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll uh, check in on you on Thursday. And uh, we usually don't have music at the end of the podcast. But I love this. With your host, Billy and I'm bringing paper and pencil to a fucking school near you. Go fuck yourselves. See you Thursday.